Hey everybody, welcome back to the Yona Pod. It is I once more, Evangelina or Evan, your newcomer to all things Yona, first time reader, first time watcher. And as always, I am joined by me. I'm her co-host and the person who dragged her into this, which means I've seen and read everything. Yes, um, that is our Alex. I'm Alex. And excuse us if we're a little discombobulated because it's been a weird day. Um, I don't know what the overlap is between Yona fans and Teen Wolf fans. That <laughs> the overlap literally might just be me and Alex. But they announced today that a movie is coming and it has thrown us off our groove because we are both terrified and tentatively excited for the shit show. <laughs> I know. I'm like, but what if it's good? Like, I know. <laughs> there's, there's literally no way. There's literally no way. I mean, the little goblin in my brain will always say, "Like this might be amazing," but, but I know. Here's the deal. Okay, it's going to have the same problems that it had at the end of the series, which is they're just going to introduce a shit ton of people that you don't care about, and we have to follow, you know, people that I, I, I mean, I couldn't even remember half the names that were introduced in season six. Like, I don't know yeah. who those people are. I don't care. And they all looked exactly the same. They did. <laughs> Teen Wolf had a really bad factory settings white boy problem. <laughs> yeah. They sure so did. In the latter seasons, especially. But here's the thing. If it was going to be good, what they would have to do is they'd have to pare it down and give us maybe like four or five people to care about and then just go absolutely like that shit with the plot with the it cannot plot, be a normal yeah. plot you can't treat it normally you have to just like go all in balls to the wall like insanity yes just, you know, yes you would need i would say focus on the core people uh scott styles although right Dylan i Brian say might be too a good small group of people because i have no idea who's coming back i mean probably uh, definitely posy and definitely holland roden because neither of them can get work <laughs> oh. <laughs> right, holland, i love you you huh. have done huh? you, she's done horror movies but... yeah she's done a few yeah definitely them maybe shelly hennig i don't know that shelly hennig is prolific mm, that's true i haven't really seen her yeah. in anything we'll probably get her I'm assuming the adults will be back. They're all tweeting it and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, so just focus on the core people. Maybe have fun cameos from people like Kira or Isaac, but don't introduce new people. And please. Charmin is not coming back. Come on. I know. I know. I know. But it would be fun. He w- he was willing to come back for the finale, just timing-wise, it didn't work. Oh, I didn't know that. Maybe I did. Yeah, they were going to have him come back at the end and then be like, oh, I missed everything. And it was just going to be like a cute okay, little joke that he missed all the action. I thought that was a joke. I didn't think that was serious. I think it was serious. But okay. uh, I don't know, grain of salt. But uh, sorry, Yona fans. Like, I, I'm sure y'all don't care, except for those of you who might be in the overlap. But this is big news to us, so we had to discuss a little bit. Well, I mean, we, we spend a lot of time talking about how stories could be better. I mean, how many times have I brought up yeah. Snow White with the red hair? And I've been like, it could be so good, here's how. Yes, and Teen Wolf is the, like, 
the example of it could have been better. <laughs> it's one of those things where a lot of people remember it for, I mean, the early seasons were fine, but they're fun. Yeah, they're fun. And and then after that, yeah. So it, it, it is a really interesting thing to take and analyze as far as what they did wrong, what they could have done right. But yeah, we're we're sorry for if we're still hopefully doing this pod by the time it does come out. We're sorry for whatever way we managed to <laughs> finagle our review of the Teen Wolf movie into this podcast because we uh, will. <laughs> it is never knows how to act right. That's going to be us. <laughs> yes, that's going to be us. But. Yeah, we should probably get into what we're actually here for. We didn't, that wasn't yes. too long of a tangent, though. It's only five minutes. <laughs> uh, I was listening to Team Creep this week, and uh, <laughs> Kelly Nugent, one of the hosts, went on, no joke, a 30 minute tangent on <laughs> the plot of Alone, <laughs> which is <laughs> a uh, reality show that I started. It's very good. I never finished it, and I need to. Um, but yeah, it's a reality show competition where people just get stranded alone in the wilderness and they have to Yeah, survive. I was going to say that. I think I remember you telling me about this because that's like your shit is man Yeah, I, I love survivalist shit. Man versus nature. It's my it's my thing. That's why I really, <laughs> I also really like uh, the aspect of Yona where they're just wandering around the countryside and they have to camp out and figure out how to survive. I love that shit. <laughs> just walk around, do it. Um, anyway, yes, <laughs> I think, I think we're okay on Teen Wolf because we did not spend 30 minutes talking about it. <laughs> Her recap of it is so funny though. So if you guys Amazing. ever feel like listening to a podcast on the babysitter three, if which they hated it, which is why they went on such a long tangent, uh, you should check it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. And like, I know most podcasts you shoot the shit at the beginning anyway. I just... I'm giving you guys Teen Wolf when I could give you so much better. Sadly. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I'm not too embarrassed we were into Teen Wolf because like everybody knows it's embarrassing, but it's like the fun embarrassing, you know, it's like, yeah. like the 80s. Like, sure, it was an embarrassing <laughs> time, but, you know, it's fun too. And um, yeah, it was the first fan fiction that I ever wrote after being 12 years old and writing Harry Potter fan fiction. <laughs> God, was, what I would give so to read baby Alex's Harry Potter fan fiction. No. Oh my God. I don't think I could even find it at this point. It was not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I read, I read Harry Potter fan fiction and then I stopped around age like 13 and then I picked up Teen Wolf in college and I was like holy shit fan fiction's pretty fucking awesome <laughs> speaking of fanfics we got a listener email with the wreck didn't we we sure did um I don't remember what it's called let me just pull it up I have it up I have only just started to read it so I don't actually know what it's about or if it's any good but it is recommended by one of our listeners it's um on fanfiction.net, What I Saw in the Moonlight by Lady Zaya, Z-E-I-A. So we'll see. I'll give you my, my actual review next week of when I finished it. Um, but yeah, that was from Manira, 
and I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, but if I'm not, please correct me. Uh, but yeah, we've been going back and forth. Uh, we've we've exchanged a couple emails, and it's pretty cool. We've had a good chat. Um, nice. And uh, she actually brought up something that I wanted to bring up today from a couple weeks ago, because these come out a week or two after we record them. Um, so this is back from the, the infamous honey scene. But uh, they said um, the the honey scene is significant in showing Yona's hands being bruised, which is a big contrast to the old Yona because one of the key ways to distinguish a noble and a commoner is that their hands are perfectly clean and fine while commoners are the exact opposite, which is also why King Eel bloodying his bare hand is very admirable to Hawk because he is literally the king who is supposed to embody privilege and finery. Ah, so they're on a more even field now. Yeah. Yonan Hawk. Interesting. Love that analysis. Yeah, I did too. I especially really liked the King Eel part too, because I had never made that connection of him. Like, I I mean, like I got the connection of like quite literally bloodying his hands um, to keep everybody else's hands clean, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, But I never really thought of the, like, he's sullying himself as a a royal who should never get his hands, like, harmed. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah, excellent. So thank you. Was it Namira? Munira. Munira. Yes. Thank you, listener Munira. Also, if you are listening, uh, I would like to know... Are you or were you an English major? Because that is some definite high quality literary analysis. And two, give you props for being willing to still read fan fiction on fanfic.net. It is ever since being converted to archive of our own, I can never go back. It is just so ugly to look at. So like literally the only time I find good fic on fanfic.net is because somebody has been willing to slog through the slop for us and let us know hey this is a good one so exactly thank you for your service truly right i never would have found it on my own because again i stick with ao3 the layout's just better i have seen some good ones on like live journal type oh yeah or what's the other one yeah or what's the other one dream dream with Mm mm-hmm something yeah i've seen a couple on that too not for yona but just in general like those right you know i never really found anything on dream with that i read in depth but yeah live journal used to have those kink memes that were not oh yeah for the kids out there they were not always kinky but sometimes they were like really fucking kinky (laughs) um but sometimes they were just like it was it was basically like a a prompt and response situation where somebody could be on live journal and be like hey i want this like um uh yona modern day au where hawk works for um (laughs) enron (laughs) 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 i don't know why that was my first thought (laughs) but um (laughs) Um, yeah, so you could ask that and somebody would be like, hey, here's, you know, 30,000 words broken up into five uh, separate responses of, you know, uh, their lives together. Yeah, so. God, I will do it. And then a lot of the good ones would eventually make their way over to AO3. That's true. But yeah, loved a good kink meme. There were some mm-hmm. good ones back in the day. God, there were some really good ones for a social network. Ah. Uh, 
that's how that's how I learned how to uh, read a kink meme. <laughs> yeah, you were the one who taught me how to read a kink meme. I forget what you sent me, but yeah, because it is it is a bit strange of a format to go through. It is. It's not user friendly. So thank you for everybody who have moved their stuff from LiveJournal to AO3 because it's a lot easier to figure out. But yeah. Yeah, good times. <sighs> good times. The so modern day version, I think, would be just like ficlets on Tumblr, where Tumblr, you can kind of yeah. robin them and somebody else can take over and write a little bit more, but it's not quite the same. Yeah. Anyway, uh, one last thing before we move on from a uh, listener email is that uh, this person also said that I forgot <laughs> that um, it is actually explained why Suwon is the 11th king. Uh, <laughs> so this comes in chapter 94, and it was a side note. So sorry, I really did forget all about this. But Koka is several thousand years old, so it doesn't make sense that Suwon would only be the 11th king. Um, but he is the 11th Sky Tribe king, and other tribes have held the throne. Okay. So that's their definition, um, which, yeah, I mean, they, they do get into this pretty heavily later in the series, which makes sense why it comes in in chapter 94 and why I forgot about it. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Valid. So uh, back from like episode three, I think, where we were talking about this. There you go. That's your explanation. Ah, thank you for being with us from the beginning. And if any of any of you ever have a corrections corner for us or just want to send us anything heck just let us know if there's more teen wolf overlap out there (laughs) yeah i mean half of our emails are uh, yona and half of them are me (laughs) defending kikyo as a character in Yasha. i think i've seen like two people on the internet collectively who like kikyo so (laughs) (laughs) i gotta champion her every chance i get Yes. So yeah, e- email us anything like that, guys, for real. Yeah, I love we it. We are, was it the Yonapod at Gmail? Correct. The there Yonapod at Gmail. You can also DM us, although DMing makes me a little nervous, but I'll answer you eventually um, on Twitter. <laughs> we are the Yonapod. <sighs> okay, be- last thing before we get into the chapter, uh, two chapters for the day. It's Yoon's birthday tomorrow. Woo! Happy birthday! We're recording this on the 24th of September. Uh, And it's pretty apt that we're recording it, or recording this specific episode for his birthday because he has. Yeah, it's a pretty heavy episode. All right, chapter 35 Sweet Scented Cargo, which is kind of a disturbing title. It reminds me, kind of think of it, I mean, it is, it was supposed to be creepy, but do you remember that part in Hunchback of Notre Dame? when Esmeralda has run into the cathedral trying to get sanctuary and Frollo has grabbed a hold of her and is behind her. And then, you know, her head is against his mouth. And so he stops and like smells her hair and she's like, the hell are you doing? And then he (laughs) plays it off. The line is something like I was imagining, uh, your neck with a rope around it and then she says i know what you were imagining because he's a fucking creep i consistently forget how disturbing hunchback of notre dame is it's really the the idea 
of all the things they could have adapted, they chose <laughs> Victor Hugo novel. Who has has he ever written anything happy in his life? I don't think so. This is the same guy that brought you Les Mis. But yeah, they somehow were like, we can make this fit for children. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm glad they did because to this day, it is one of my top animated soundtracks of all time. But yeah, it is very dark. Uh, but yeah, same same thing. You've got a guy um, in a position of power taking advantage of and preying on women who are in vulnerable less position. privileged yes vulnerable i don't know why i forgot that word yeah that's why this these chapters are really unsettling like my first note here is like kumji actually looks suitably creepy he like, does just looking at him i'm like uh yeah um that <laughs> it's funny you say that because i was looking at him and i was like you know I feel like evil people always have the same sort of facial hair. So I wanted to look up if that had any significance. Like, because I remember taking like a poli sci class or something uh, in college. And somebody said that like presidents never have beards because people don't trust people with beards. And I couldn't remember quite what that was about. So I was trying to Google it. It's funny that you mentioned that because so I did debate and forensics, as you know, in high school. And in forensics, one of the um, categories you could compete in was oration or oratory. I forget what the name is now. But you basically were to write a persuasive speech. And there was a guy on my team who was obsessed with hating on facial hair. He was always convinced beards were evil to the point where at one point he actually wrote a speech on the evilness of beards. I don't know how he scored <laughs> using that <laughs> speech. So I don't know how persuasive he was. But yes, that, he, that was a whole take. So I hope he took that poli sci class that you took <laughs> and felt <Okay>. validated. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't remember. Okay, so here's the thing. I don't remember if it was beards or being bald. <laughs> I don't remember what the criteria was. Um anyway, so I tried to I tried to look this up. Uh and so I, I googled goatee, which I don't think is what Kumji has, but I did get distracted because according to Wikipedia, a study found that the human brain tends to perceive downwards facing triangles as inherently threatening. <laughs> Yeah, because the devil. That makes sense. Oh, because they'd always one? remember. I I would assume so. Or did that come first, and that's why they depict? Because you've seen like the depictions of the devil, where he's just got that little square goatee and then the little mustache. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder if that. I wonder which came first. Huh. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't actually click into the Wikipedia article, so maybe this predates that. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just thought it was really funny. Like, that's such a random thing to be afraid of. But I suppose maybe if, uh, well, I mean, I feel like that's not possible because wasn't that fashionable? I feel like every, like, adaptation of, um, of uh, like, Shakespearean time, yeah. like, if you ever see something with Shakespeare, he'll always have that sort of beard or that goatee. I feel like that was fashionable mm -hmm. in the, like, 1700s. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, apparently we are, uh, <laughs> we as a people sort of um, 
oh my god what the fuck am i saying <laughs> well let me take that again apparently we all subconsciously perceive people with goatees as inherently sinister or threatening so kumji doesn't have a goatee but he does have facial hair and it signifies as evil because that's what yeah. evil people have i think i want to say does he have a scar too i know that's a trope on tv tropes is that you know, evil people. I don't know what it's supposed to be, but it basically boils down to evil people having scars. Maybe I was just looking at the lines of his face. Cause I'm, I mean, I just pulled him up in the anime, not in the manga, but it doesn't look like he has scars. I think it was just his high cheekbones. Gotcha. But yeah, he's, he's got the scary eyebrows. He's got the, the high cheekbones, the full beard. He's got He's got a very menacing figure. He does. He's a large boy. Yeah, so props Kusanagi. You made me scared of this man. <laughs> right, he's like immediately menacing. All right, uh, Yona and Yoon join the other kidnapped girls, exactly what they wanted, but Yona now has a sprained ankle, which is not ideal. Also not ideal is Kumji showing up and telling Yona she's too pretty to sell and maybe he should keep her for himself. He says, not on my watch, and offers himself instead. Well, internally, he's like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, I love that he's giving himself the hey stupid chat this time. (laughs) Normally, this is what he has to do for the rest of the party, because he, as we've said multiple times, he's the only sane man in the group. Mm -hmm. And this time it's to himself, inner monologuing, being like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) This is not a good idea. That's a really funny point where he, <laughs> he's been hanging out with everybody too long. He's like, great, now their stupidity has rubbed off on me. <laughs> yeah. Stupid bravery. Stupid bravery. Kumji smacks Yoon like a classic villain and tells the girl uh, tells him that girls should be seen and not heard. I love the turn when he starts saying Yoon should be more obedient like Yona. And then when he turns to Yona to basically agree, she's like, motherfucker, you messed with the wrong girls. Yes, we've got the uh, what I've decided to dub apeshit eyed Yona again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Most people call it eyes of fire, but like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like because... It, again, I think I mentioned on the pod before, but she's that that uh, Yahoo answers of, aren't you tired of being nice? Don't you want to go ape shit? There. Yeah, so I'm calling her ape shit eyes, and she's got them right now. So she's got that fierce look again. That The one that, again, that Taijun and who else? I feel like there was somebody else who's seen it before, too. Yeah. When faced with it, they're... They're like, oh, God. Like, what is it about this girl? Who Might have been Gigong. Yeah. But yeah, there's been at least two instances where somebody has stopped and been like, oh, God. The look in this girl's eyes. Wait, was it Jiha on the cliffs where she turns back and she's like, no, I'm going to do this? Maybe. No, that's not right. See, I was thinking maybe it was Gigong because... She was like, oh, this girl's got spirit. You know, I should keep her. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, matter, the, but yeah, the point, yeah. yeah, the point is that this is a recurring thing is people realizing this seemingly gentle, helpless girl has fire. It's not. Yeah. 
Um, also, just in my notes, I have, uh, you know, if the situation wasn't so tense, Hawk would be somewhere saying, Yona, obedient? Right, good luck with that. <laughs> somewhere he's getting a twinge in his uh, temple. Because mm-hmm. somebody <laughs> said some incorrect shit about Yona. <laughs> somebody is misunderstanding Yona and he's not going to stand for it. Kunji is surprised that Yona's, by Yona's aura, her whole thing, but uh, quickly recovers and tells her that she reminds him of the princess, putting two and two together pretty quickly. Dun dun. I, I love this. Uh, she does almost nothing to hide who she is. We've actually talked about it where I think you said like she's yeah. going to dye her hair. No, she doesn't. She does not hide who she is. And people know who she is. Like she's never been outside of the palace as far as we know. Um, so uh, very few people know like what she have, have seen her in person. But they know that she's like a redheaded princess. And so he is one of the few people who has actually like seen her sort of from afar and like as a child. But he's seen her and he knows who she is. And he's immediately like, you kind of remind me of this girl that I once saw. Like, yeah, nobody holds the idiot ball. It makes sense that people would know and recognize her. And I love it. It's so good. Uh, so Yona bluffs her way out saying that she's the daughter of an owl merchant, but if he wants to call her a princess, he can. And Kumji says, right, you can't be royalty. You have no pride. Um, he also mentions the rumor that Hawk killed her, which is nice continuity. Mm -hmm. So reading this line the first time, I always thought this was a funny idea. (laughs) Like, (laughs) does anyone know the servant is Hawk? Uh, I think people who know Hawk know, but do the random peasants do? And then what happens when they find Hawk? Or what happens if, you know, Yona takes back the throne and marries Hawk in the (laughs) And at the wedding, the commoners are like, so he didn't murder her? Because you know there's no way they're going to be able to talk about the coup to the masses. Yeah. I just, I I always thought, like, I always, like, throughout this series, I was wondering how they were going to end this storyline, because I was like, there's no good way to tell people, like, actually, just kidding, Hawk didn't, you know, murder King Eel and Yona in cold blood. It's cool. You don't have to be upset. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. So, yeah, it's it's always nice to be reminded of that, like, that rumor is still going pretty strong. People still believe it, but also, how's that going to end? To himself, Kumji thinks about how King Eel sheltered the princess. Uh, and he says, a princess like her could never possess such a stare. Those with the eyes of a wild beast. Or uh, someone going apeshit, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> the second Kumji is gone, Yona goes to check on Yoon, who says, kicking a frail, pretty girl, he's the worst. I hope that idiot dies. <laughs> Which I only point out because it made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how bloodthirsty he is. He's like immediately yeah. like he kicked me. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yes, this pacifist is like, oh no, this guy is reaching the <laughs> end of his days. Like, <laughs> <laughs> dying by my blade. <laughs> so now the girls are all aware. Uh, this isn't a job, but a trafficking ring. Whoops. One super pretty girl in the back uh, has been there for two weeks, and she says it's futile. They're not getting out. 
Yona asks if, if, if they've ever thought of changing things in Awa, banding together to drive Kumji and his men out. And the girl says, only outsiders, strong people, and complete idiots talk nonsense like that. Which is a pretty cute setup for the joke that Yona calls the dragons and Hawk strong, while Yoon calls them idiots. Uh-huh. I don't think they have that in the anime, but I do really like that. I think it's a cute joke. Uh, so then uh, she says that no one is coming to save them, and Yona says, "You never know. If someone called you, uh, if someone you called an idiot reached out a hand to me, I'd trust that person and take that hand. If you want to live, do whatever it takes to survive." And over this, she thinks. It's true that I'm powerless here. It bothers me horribly. I'm not strong by any measure, but allow me to protect them as this kingdom's princess and as a fellow human being. Please let me fight. There's a lot to unpack here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, so, I... yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say that that allow me to protect them as this kingdom's princess and as a fellow human being really stuck out to me. Particularly that last bit, because once again, her humanity is shining through and just what her values are. It's always about other people for her and making the world a better place. Like she's very altruistic. And that's such an important part of her character. So it's always really nice to see that really shine through in moments like this. Yeah, I agree. And I also think it's it's a nice way to couch it because I think she's had a couple conversations up to this point about this being her responsibility as a princess. But here she's bringing in that humanity of like, I'm also a human being and a girl. Like, I can't let these girls uh, be trafficked if I can do something yeah. about it. And yeah, any decent person. Yeah, exactly. I also have that in my notes. So perfect. Um before that earlier in the the quote she says i'd trust that hand and take it um and i think it's cool that she's like setting up that the girls should trust the dragons and the pirates when they show up but she also just means it she is extremely Mm -hmm. trusting which makes sense because she's had to be trusting i mean what other choices she had um and it's only really gone bad once but what's interesting about that time in Shina's village uh, is when that dude trying to lead her to God knows where in the like depths of the mountains, he wasn't holding her hand. He was grabbing her wrist and like tugging her yes. along. And Shina's the one who took her hand and helped her out of the catacombs. This does break down if you look closely at Hawk, but don't look closely at Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> he is a special case, as Yona likes to bring up. <laughs> yes. Hawk is an outlier who should not be counted. <laughs> He's Spider's George. Um, so then uh, if you want to live, do whatever it takes to survive, um, which I pull out because it's kind of heartbreaking when you remember she's saying this from firsthand experience. And then also, again, she says, I'm not strong by any measure. If she had said she's not physically strong, that would make sense. But she really doesn't think she's strong at all. And I think she said the same thing during the Chansu test. Um, And it just, it always makes me sad. She's already so much mentally stronger than she was at the beginning of the series, but she doesn't see that in herself. I just love her. I think she's neat. Anyway, maybe we'll get there. We'll have to work on her, like, (laughs) her mentality and how she sees herself. But 
for now. She kind of breaks my heart. So finally, the girls get tied up, blindfolded, and moved to the proper ship they'll be taken away in. And we cut to the other group who have the cutest discussion on whether or not anybody is getting proper sleep because they're all too busy worried about Yona. Yeah. Um, Keisha's happy about it. Jiha tries to play it off like he's just worried because he's worried about any girl. But Keisha says, uh, if you feel the way I do, it means I can trust you to have my back in battle. Um, and Jiha, who we know likes to be needed and depend on, depended on, sees Gija and Shoujo sparkles and is like, whatever, but we know he liked it. Yes, but we know. And then I love, again, Gija not knowing how to act, having nightmares it was so fun. Like, because, <laughs> like, that's the thing, you know, Jiha comes up and is like, hey, get some sleep. And Hawk is like, worry about that guy over there and then it goes to Keisha having these like night terrors where he gets to beat up the bad guys for the princess and it's just being like the biggest freak (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I think it's even funnier I mean this is one of the rare exceptions where it works way better in the anime because I think, um, like this whole episode, I think. Um, but yeah, I don't know that it happens in the manga, but definitely in, in the anime, one of the pirates is just like randomly behind Keisha going like, you should probably calm down before you hurt someone. Just very calmly. Yeah. <laughs> wielding his like giant hand that can, that can swipe like whole <laughs> swabs of people and kill them. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think the um pirate was in the manga. But yeah, that was a really funny touch. It's just like, yeah, them behind them being like, uh. <laughs> I'm such a sucker for normal human beings looking at like overpowered supernatural beings and being like, just calm down. Like <laughs> you know that person could kill him. And instead he's just like, I mean, maybe you should just like learn to act. <laughs> And learn yeah. how to act correctly. Oh, it gets me every time. Um, right. So Jiha calls Yoon the cute one who talks a lot, which also made me laugh. Uh, and they all agree that Yoon is going to be just fine. It's a good uh, section. So the chapter ends with everyone getting ready for the next step. Shit's about to go down. Dun, dun, dun. And then also worth noting as far as the humor, when Jiha is trying to play off that he doesn't care, he tries to say that he was out with women last night and that's why he was tired. And then the like TMI hands that both uh, <laughs> Asia and Hawk point out are so funny because the, you know, they've got the TMI hands like, hey, stop. And then Sheeta's just staring blankly because of course he was a sheltered boy. <laughs> yeah so it's again we've got some good little character moments and then jiha's also just still being a freak because they literally jump him to see his <laughs> eyes and see the eye bags and he says that he's been sullied and he kind of liked it so it's just like <laughs> he like flashes a shoulder he's like come for more yes. and everybody's like no, yeah no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah god certified freak jiha at all times absolutely seven days a week so yeah once again just loving certified freak jiha and everyone else just being like can you stop being horny on me <laughs> nobody wants yeah 
Uh, before we go to the next chapter, the uh, there is an end of volume bonus comic at the end of yes. this one. It's super fun. It it's is, an AU where yes. Taejun becomes king uh, because he married Yona. Uh, Suwon still controls the kingdom just from the shadows. Yona is still naive and in love with Suwon. The, dra- the dragons never banded together and Hawk cough blocks Taejun at every turn. <laughs> <laughs> yes um you know who would enjoy this bonus content our boy yata over at my anime podcast because when we had him as a guest he was quite the Tejun fan if memory serves correctly yeah he was i don't get it but good for him <laughs> yeah their own maybe i'll this. change my mind on this read but we'll see so yeah, I'm sure he would enjoy this AU. <laughs> I'm sure he would. He'd be like, yeah, we should have gotten that. It would be so great if he would marry Yona. There is that one pic that I really enjoyed where he did marry Yona, but it was very sad. All right. Yep. So that was the end of volume six, which means we're on to a new volume with chapter 36, A Spark of Light. And this new volume has maybe my least favorite art. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jiha and Yona are using a bow and arrow. Uh, the inside art is only of Jiha and is maybe the only clickbait art so far that has actually foreshadowed something. Yeah. Huh. I don't know if you took any note of it, but uh, people going back and rereading things, you should go back and check out the beginning of 36 because uh, it's pretty interesting. Right, so on to the chapter. It opens with Gigan ordering her pirates to go out and meet Kumji's ships. Meanwhile, Owl pops out of Yoon's shirt and gnaws off the ropes, tying his wrists. Yeah. Little hero. Little so hero. She. Wait, she. Damn it. God damn it. <laughs> she. I think, I think it's a she in the manga and a he in the anime. Okay. That would it, make sense why I'm so confused at this moment. <sighs> right. So, Owl. Um, hero. Yoon and Yona lure the guard at the door inside the room with all the captive barrels and take him out with a sedative and a well-timed smack to the head. Not before he threatens Yona with a knife, which I mention only because she meets his gaze head-on, not scared at all. At least until the guard is knocked out, and then she falls to her knees, shaking and scared once more. Adrenaline is a hell of a thing. But I love these little moments of bravery because it feels earned. She's not suddenly this badass in the heat of battle. She forces herself to be brave and they're only like little tiny spurts. And then she re- immediately reverts back and she's like, holy shit, that was so scary. Yeah. <laughs> Once the clear and present danger is gone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like and she's not. Yeah. And she's not a master of strategy either. She's again, just doing whatever it takes to survive. I don't know if it was this bit or later in the chapter, but I have it in my notes as feral Yona bite. Hell yeah. Cause at one point she literally (laughs) just bites a guy on the arm. Yeah. I love that moment too. I was like, hell yeah, girl. (laughs) Whatever it takes. Yeah. Right, so the girl from the last chapter who was trying to escape, who said trying to escape is pointless, is now inspired by Yona and Yoon to actually try making things happen and making a change. And she says she wants to come along to help with their plan. And their plan is this. They wait for Gigan to attack, then light the flare once Kumji's men are distracted. The new girl introduces herself as Yuri. 
So we get a name to a face. Uh, Yona says that she's Lena, which is a cute callback to the Wind Tribe adventure. And Yona looks so starry-eyed. She loves mm. girls. So cute. Also, yeah, she's, I, I love this specific look. I know that I gush about it every single time. But, like, because Nagi has a very specific way of drawing Yona when she's interested in something, which is to make her eyes absolutely gigantic and, like, fully black with just a tiny little, like, <laughs> like bit of white to show light. I love it. I think she looks cute. She never looks cuter. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yoon says it sounds like the fighting has started above deck and we cut to the other group who are indeed fighting. I don't know if you found this really hard to follow, but I was not clear on where everybody was. I don't know. There was a second where I thought that they were actually on the same ship. Yeah, but they're not. But then like, where are they? Because I, I, are they on their own ship and the mercenaries are climbing onto the pirate ship? yeah i'm not sure but yeah there was a second because i was just like oh they hear them oh i was like that's the hiccup is that they're actually on the same ship which would be like the least hiccup ever because they would just be like you'd knock on the ceiling and be like hey we're down here problem solved yeah well i just figured it would be like the, uh, the the thing they talked about last time about possibly taking hostages or something like if they weren't prepared to be on the i don't know yeah. It was the whole thing was confusing, but yeah. It is confusing. So they're on some sort of ship and other people are starting to notice, I guess. Um, so it's I think they're making a fuss on the ship that Yona and Yoon are on. It doesn't matter, they're not together. They still have to light the flare, I guess is my point. Um mm-hmm. so Hawk thinks about Yona and hopes she signals him soon, which brings us back to Yona and Yoon, who tried to take out a couple more guards below decks. Uh, so this ship seems pretty fucking empty for carrying the entire reason of the season, you know? Yeah. Like, they explain away their best fighters are in another ship. You'd think you'd at least stock the ship with expendable pawns so that if a rescue mission is attempted, the heroes would be vastly outnumbered. Yeah, I'm assuming, to Mm -hmm. hand wave it, I'm assuming they just really underestimated... Because it's like, oh, there's just a bunch of helpless women that are locked up on this ship. Yeah, so and I'm actually just... everybody in Awa has been pretty fucking docile at this point, too. They've been so, like, ground into the dirt that they're not going to fight back. Yeah. That's yeah, a good so point. I, so I just assumed that they were like, okay, we only need, you know, a couple of men to watch these people because they're not going to cause any trouble. Right. You know, they're just girls. They're scared. They're locked up. What are they going to do? Right. Yeah, all right. That's a good point. And also makes it kind of fun and creepy to see Yona and Yoon seemingly alone on an enemy ship because you never know who where the enemy is and like who they're going to encounter next. Yeah. It's more exciting than fighting the enemy head on because you know like Yona's going to be like, all right, time to fight and get her like fire eyes on. But this way she just gets to be sort of like scared and wandering. Yeah, I like that. Um, Yuri trips right into the hands of one of the guards and is held by sword and 
uh, he says that he's going to kill her and teach everyone in Awa a lesson, which leaves Yoon to think, oh, God, oh, God, what do I do? I'm not used to caring about other people, but I can't just let her, <laughs> leave her to die. I've gone soft. If only you could see me now, Iksu. Yes, I'm remembering his mentor and light up yeah. my life, Iksu. Light of our lives. Buddy. When will Iksu come back from the war? Uh, so Yoon decides to tell the guards that he is a spy from the pirates and Yuri and Yona had nothing to do with the plan. While he tells him this, he thinks Yona's so courageous, I'm not going to let her bravery go to waste. Which I think is another uh, beautiful aspect of this series, uh, which is that everybody inspires each other to be better. And it's clearest with the idea of bravery and strength. Yona looks up to Hawk as a fighter and wants to get stronger to protect him and herself. Um, but mostly other people. <laughs> uh, and then Yoon and quite a few other characters along the way so far look at Yona and think, well, if she can do it, I can do it too. And all of this happens while Yona thinks she's nothing special. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> not to be a Fruits Basket podcast yet again, uh, but there is like a perfectly apt metaphor and like kind of a lovely one in Fruits Basket about uh, a plum on the back of a rice ball it's kind of hard for us to figure out because I don't think either of us have ever had onigiri. Mm -hmm. I don't um, think so. I've seen them, but I haven't had one. Right. So I don't know. I mean, I can't quite like wrap my head around the idea of plum, like a plum tasting good on a rice ball, but apparently it is. And it's like, a delicious sort of surprise um but the rice ball can't see the plum on its back because it can only see like forward and so it doesn't think that it's anything special but other people can see the plum and so That's nice. um, yes yona is the rice ball anyway yun's plan goes about as expected and he immediately gets beaten up uh, poor boy I don't mean to laugh. It's actually pretty intense in, in the series, but the way that I wrote it was just really yeah. abrupt. And comic <laughs> with you guys. Uh, so anyway, to get out of it, he lies and says that he's going to explode the whole ship unless they can go. He can go defuse the bombs he planted up on deck. Long story short, the guards decide to take Yona and Yuri back to the holding room, taking Yuna up to defuse the bombs, and then chop off his head and send them back to the pirates, which is dark. Yeah, they are not fucking around. Um, Yoon's little it'll be alright smile was also really cute because it reminded me of uh, Yona smiling at him, like the way she smiled at him before they went undercover. And she was like, it's fine if you don't want to come with me, I can do this alone. And so it was sort of like a nice reflection of that, of him being like, it's going to be okay. And she's like, absolutely fucking not. And then in yet another like parallel to Yoon saying, not on my watch earlier, she pulls the same stunt and uh, goes feral and bites the guy. <laughs> she's like, you are not getting Yoon. <sighs> yeah. So the guard tosses her at weapons, which seems kind of like a bad idea but whatever um and she grabs a bow and arrow and runs off honestly from here on out it's just like a series of bad ideas on the part of the villains that just don't make sense. <laughs> i don't enjoy this this episode but it's fine um meanwhile yoon has ta been taken above deck and the other guard is stalling for time but running out of ideas but it's fine because Yona comes to the rescue, intimidating the shit out of the guards and catching them, well, off guard. 
and she manages to light the flare with the guards at her heels, and that's where the chapter ends. Yeah. So I'm going to give this a pass because I don't actually care, but it does not make sense that she could just grab the explosives from Yoon, even though he's surrounded by dudes who want to kill them both. Because, okay, here's the thing. It made sense with Taejun because Taejun ordered everyone to spare her. So all of the, like, masses of uh, people around her weren't going to touch her or kill her. But it doesn't make sense here because they don't have that same directive and they could just kill her. Um, and, like, I get them being in shock to be like, oh, my God, like, where <laughs> where did you come from? But, like it takes a while for him to be like, hey, come get this. So then she runs through them, grabs it, and then runs back through them. And I'm like, your shock is going to wear off. You're going to like instinctually just like reach out and grab her. That's your whole point, right? Just really incompetent mooks, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Kuznagi, you're better than this. <laughs> anyway, it reminds me of... Uh, <laughs> um, uh the last samurai the tom cruise movie did you ever watch that one i feel like i saw the tail end of it many years ago when my dad was watching it but i don't haven't retained anything gotcha uh you should it's a really good movie um uh it might not be good i watched it in high school and i really enjoyed it <laughs> um but uh there is a scene where he gets attacked by like five samurai i think uh who are mad at him i don't remember why but they uh, they go after him and i remember watching like a behind the scenes featurette on it and the uh the person who designed the fight said that they hate when uh when like a massive group of people are going after one person and you can see the other fighters in the background just kind of like waiting their turn where it's oh, like yeah. okay, this guy like takes care of this guy and then takes care of this guy but like if you're focusing on anybody but the person in front of the the main character then you're going to notice they're like not doing anything um yeah so it breaks down that fight specifically and like he he worked really hard to make sure that they were all doing something to go after Tom Cruise and then Tom Cruise was like deflecting or hitting somebody else if that makes gotcha. sense gotcha yeah so I always think of that as like the gold standard because it might not be perfect I don't know I haven't watched it in like 10 years but at least they put the effort into it to be like, okay, this doesn't make sense in other contexts here. How, how can we make it make sense and still like let him live? <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's what I feel like they're doing here. They're just sort of standing around to be sort of menacing, but like that falls apart when you notice that they're not fucking doing anything. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I don't like it. Mm. Again, I, I think I just kind of chalked it all up to, they left the incompetent people. They they keep underestimating people. Again, I and I know y'all are probably tired of me saying it, but after the bullshit that was hawking Yona surviving the cliff, I will accept <laughs> anything. That's true. I can still criticize, yeah. but also hawking Yona yeah. surviving the cliff was the lowest point. But this is yeah. this is only slightly above. But yes, thank you for, for keeping us respectable, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I even have in my notes, I'm going to give it a pass because I don't actually care. And then we're not a huge rant about it. So I think just the more that I'm sitting on it, the more angry I get. But it's fine. Mm. It's fine because it doesn't matter. (laughs) All right. Well, that's the end of the chapter. Do you have any final thoughts before we get into the anime? Nope. Perfect. Uh, All right, the anime. Um, Yuri is voiced by Jamie Marchi. We get new voice actors. Uh, Jamie Marchi was Rebecca in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and she was the original Mingnawa on Fruits Basket, who was, I think, the head of Yuki's fan club, or at the very least in it. She did not come back for the reboot, which I'm sure was sad for her, because almost everybody came back for the reboot. And Kunji is voiced by R. Bruce Elliott. He has 253 credits and has been in nothing we've seen, which I thought was very weird. We need um, a board game. Yeah. He's prolific. He's been in things that I've like heard of, but nothing we've ever seen. Right. So... Um... <laughs> I noted that there was a difference in um, Kumji talking about Princess Yona as the princess who fled the castle. And in the anime, he says, I heard she died when she fled the castle. So I wonder if the anime writers were like, yeah, we don't want to deal with everyone thinking Hawk killed her in the future. We're just going <laughs> to ignore that. Gotcha. Oh, this is, that sounds like the kind of, how were we talking about a few episodes ago where I was like, I like this change of, anime made to make it make more sense and you said something like the anime didn't have that right you were so intense about (laughs) yeah it was about hawk having seen battle gotcha yeah but they do have this right you're saying to make the call that they don't want to deal with that in the future i'm not gonna answer that (laughs) long story short it's complicated so there's no like real good answer to it <laughs> gotcha gotcha Alrighty. um one thing i so i have four notes for the anime first one being so she said this at the end of the last episode and she's saying it in this and by her i mean present day yona who occasionally gives voiceovers which we've talked about we do not like this conceit um but she refers to it this night as the longest and darkest night that they of their lives, which feels over dramatic to me. Like this cannot, I, I mean, you're the one who actually knows, but this can't be the highest stakes that they face. Correct. Uh, no, that's a good point. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The things that we know. I mean, her the love of loving not the love of her life obviously that's hawk but she doesn't know it yet but that in her opinion the love of her life killed her father and tried to kill her and that's not the longest darkest night of her life yes like you had to flee the king yeah so i don't <laughs> i don't like that change it like i said it feels over dramatic that this is the longest and darkest night of their lives uh, especially if this is coming from present day Yona, who has presumably seen some shit since then. Like, no, I don't buy it. 
<laughs> uh, I love that you pointed that out. I did not connect that, but you're right. <laughs> yeah, I I think I had it in my notes for last week because it, it was the cliffhanger for last week as well, where she's like, you know, so began the longest, darkest night of our life. And I just didn't forget to mention it, but she said it again. So I had the chance to, you know, have a little mini rant. Um, also, uh, something that does work just because it makes it extra chilling. Um, at one point when Kumji is, you know, beating up on Yoon and terrorizing Yoon, he says, shut up and take it, which is oh, a really awful <laughs> That is disturbing yes so again uh upping the fear yeah and then my other two notes for the anime one was just i'm only just now realizing that sheen ha has a really nice sultry voice probably because he seldom speaks but i did (laughs) notice it this time he has a nice voice um i don't know if you remember the name of his voice actor but very sexy i do it's eric vale Gotcha. And it's really funny you say that because uh, he voiced Yuki in Fruits Basket, and the Fruits Basket podcast that I listened to hated Eric Vale. They complained really? about him every single week. Yeah, they do not like him. He has a very similar style of speaking. It's sort of like soft and breathy, uh-huh. but it works better with Sheena because you don't hear him speak a lot. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, I didn't mind it as Yuki. I like him as Yuki. Um, but yeah, they hated him so much. And then I follow one of them on Twitter and she got blocked on Twitter by Eric Vale. Oh was- my God. Cause she hates him that much. And he, Oh my God. That's yeah, wild. Like, I criticized him once. Like I never talk about him and I didn't tag him in it. This is very fucked up. <laughs> That's insane. (laughs) I wonder if he was a secret listener to the podcast. (laughs) Maybe. Okay, well, Eric Vale, if you ever find us, I think your voice is very sexy. (laughs) Yeah, I like it. Oh, my goodness. And then speaking of sexy, um, Jiha's even hornier in the anime. He, when they jump him, uh, he says that he is just an object for you to use. (laughs) And then says, and I like it. Again, very similar to the fic that I have wrecked on this podcast (laughs) where he tells Hawk that and Hawk is like, I mean, yeah, all right. Those are all my anime notes. I'm surprised you didn't know Ian Sinclair having actual good lines in uh the anime i they expand on the dragons and hawk fighting off the mercenaries oh yeah that is true i, and I think it worked that. really well and i enjoyed it a lot um and i watched it like three times in a row and laughed so hard every time at hawk and, and keisha being in a fight and uh he gives which is actually a very cool line and i don't know if it's just ian sinclair being good at reading it but i thought it was a cool line where he goes i'll send me to kunji i'll i'll take his head and oh, send the right. rest to hell I thought it was a pretty fucking cool line. But then Hawk, of course, has to be Hawk and goes, sometimes it's hard to take you seriously, White. (laughs) And even Sinclair cuts him off and he goes, don't call me White Snake. (laughs) 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 The fervor with which he delivers that line is so funny. Fantastic. I will say, anime for me is a better medium for the action scenes because I I find them so boring in manga, honestly. 
because it's just like you're you're not seeing how it all fits together. It's just like you know, whoosh, and just like these very static uh, photos of like them in fighting poses. Whereas the anime, you can see that that whole choreographed fight, and so it's like it makes it hard to care when I'm reading it in a manga. And it's not the artist's fault. That's just the way it is for me. It's like no, you know, a picture of a fight's not exciting to me. It's never going to be. Um, and it, again, it makes it hard to understand what's going on. And I, I just kind of skip over it because I want to get back to, you know, the dialogue or the inner thoughts. Mm-hmm. So No, that's a good point. Yeah. I read a lot of romance manga and I feel the exact same way about sex scenes. Oh, I just like, yeah. And I think it has to do with like things with a lot of physicality and movement just don't really work well in static images. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're beautiful. And like, sometimes I do like the fighting scenes. Like there are some really gorgeous scenes later, like much, much later in the manga where I'm like, holy shit, this looks incredible in like manga form. Like uh-huh. perfect. Good job. Cause now he no notes, but um, yeah, I agree with you. I think things with higher physicality are a lot easier to convey in anime form rather than like get you to care about it and pay it to like yeah. figure out what's going on easier yeah as like yeah because like as a piece of art yeah amazing fantastic but as part of the scene itself it doesn't necessarily work for me yeah okay uh, most of my notes are just how good the comedy is in this <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, that uh, Sheena appearing in frame behind Jiha killed me. Oh yeah, it was so funny. And then so he's funny. like, "Do not appear behind me and whisper creepily into my ear." And you know, Sheena's like, "But why?" Like he doesn't get it. Yeah, he doesn't get it. And like Jiha, I know, I know for a fact you have pulled the "Hey, little mama, let me whisper in your ear" with people before. <laughs> That's a very good point. He can dish it, but he can't take it. <laughs> uh, yeah, this whole thing just made me so sad that we don't get more uh, group shenanigans. Because we yes. only have three more weeks left of the anime, and then we have three OVAs, but only two of them involve the dragons. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Just we should have gotten more group shenanigans. Good stuff. Oh, speaking of OVAs, um, there is, I rewatched the third one, which I had kind of forgotten about, uh, but it's like a, it, it, it appears in manga form too, so I won't tell you much, but um, it's just Hawk and Yona. And uh, Yona's voice actor in Japanese is so good. She's oh, perfect. Yeah? And it makes me so sad. <laughs> <laughs> why didn't we get you sorry monica real she's my she's my Eric you're gonna Mill. get i was gonna say you're gonna get blocked by monica real <laughs> <laughs> fine as long as i never have to hear her voice again <laughs> sometimes <laughs> she's fine sometimes monica real when you inevitably block start your block <laughs> block alex do not block me i have no word <laughs> Uh, all right um oh this was a random thought i had 
I don't remember what part it was in. It was probably towards the end, but I wonder. Oh yeah, it was. It was the part where he turns around and he smiles at Yona before he gets taken above deck, and like, um, they're they're gonna cut off his head basically unless he can stall them long enough. Uh, and he turns back and he smiles at her, and I was thinking, I wonder if Yoon remind her of Mean Sue when he sacrificed himself in the first Aww. episode, because he does sort of the same thing where he's like, it's gonna be fine. Um, yeah god I had forgotten about that moment fuck that was so sad yeah it's pretty sad (laughs) but they're both slight boys with light hair and I wonder if she was like not again and then Uh, it doesn't happen again or does it because we don't know if they're saved (laughs) I love you always having to walk things back because you know what's happening (laughs) sometimes I forget I mean, technically we don't know, but like, also I feel like we know, like this did actually turn out, we got to the end of this and I was like, wait, this did, this was a lot easier than I remember it being. I feel like this should have been harder. Ooh, also I did the, one of the very few things that um, I <laughs> I liked in uh, Yona and Yoon's section in the anime is that at the very end, when Yona is lighting the flare, she says, I hope this works. And uh, Yoon says, I hope he sees it. And I liked that because she was like, of course, Yoon knows that his thing that he made is going to work. He has complete faith in himself. Now he's worried about like Sheena seeing it. But Yona's the one who's like, mm, I don't know if this is going to work. I thought it was a nice touch. All right, reviews. We don't have very many. Um, they <laughs> they were basically in three categories. Uh, one is are these from Reddit? Stupid. Hold on, are yeah. these from Reddit or are these from- okay? Yeah, they're from Reddit. We don't have discus ones. I will always get very excited and tell you specifically they're from discus. Although we're running oh, out of nice. Reddit reviews soon because they are reviewing the anime. Mm. Oh, that's right. Gotcha. Only three weeks left. <sighs> okay. Um, yes. Reddit, Reddit reviews. No discus this week. Uh, one. The ending was stupid. Yes. We all agree. It was fucking stupid. Uh, two. People are pumped. So the people who didn't think that the ending was the stupidest thing ever were like, hell yeah, we get action scenes. Like, this is exciting. And then the third is... This is getting repetitive, which was really only just one comment, but then a couple other people piled on and they were like, yeah, agree. It feels like we've been over this before where she's like, I want to get stronger. And then other people think that she can't be strong and then she is strong. And they're like, holy shit, she is strong. Like, yeah, it does feel repetitive, but just wait. This is still building. Okay. We're still building the like foundations of it. We'll get there. Yeah, that that's been my thing too. It's like I know I know we've kind of slogged through some setup first. I so I do there. agree with that and I agree with them. This is a bit of a slog. <laughs> I don't like the pirate arc. I don't know if I said that so far, but yeah, I'm one of my least favorite sections. I think of the ones that I hate. <laughs> In the first arc, I think it probably goes um, the cliffs 
absolute bottom, like the worst the series ever gets. And then slightly above that is the pirate arc. And then slightly above that is Yoon and Iksu's village, saved only by Iksu being Iksu. And then, no, I think that would also be above Shina's village because that just lasts so long. Hmm. Yeah, the yeah cave those are the bottom. And then the top, absolute, like, best stuff are the very beginning and the wind tribe stuff and then the last couple episodes it's what saves it (laughs) these are my opinions so (laughs) it'll get really good again in two weeks just stick with us (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but for now you do have to predict what happens next week okay um we're still getting payoff so whatever i said next week or last week So maybe Gigan will die. Everyone will be victorious. Which I mean, if you watch, (laughs) if you watch to the end, like uh, the the preview for the next week is everyone jumping on board their ship. Like, (laughs) like you just gave it away, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of giving away, Funimation, the the. not the icon. What am I thinking of? The the like card still for the episode. You know what the I'm talking about? The screen cap. Screen cap for the episode for two episodes from now. <laughs> like a pretty big spoiler. So don't uh, pay attention to that. Yeah, I try not to look at those for like anything I watch. Like, as you know, I've been getting really into the Great Pottery Throwdown, and yeah. it's like I have to like click the next episode like really quick because it's like. I don't want to look and see, oh, well, I guess so-and-so is still in the competition two episodes from now. It's like, yeah, that sort of thing. Exactly. Uh, like, I don't want <laughs> like, to know. Stop telling me things. Yeah. I just need, like, just do a little screen cap of, like, some hands on a pot. Ooh, that's a good idea. There you go. Or, yeah, I mean, with Yona, just do, like, a... Uh, like Yona smiling or something like we can know that they won because obviously they win but yeah (laughs) don't give me that don't give me spoilers don't let me know that like this is the episode that this is happening yeah uh okay well one thing that you predicted that um, you might want to change is there is a snag with Yona and Yoon and they have to think on the fly and get out of it which I guess technically happens I was going to say that. I, I feel like that was valid for this one. Uh, you know, they didn't anticipate getting caught a couple of times on the way up to the flares. Uh, yeah, I guess. Also her spraining her ankle. Oh, yeah. Which really has no bearing on the rest of yeah, the Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, are they even going to address that in the next? Because it already looks like she's getting over it a little bit, but. I will be honest. I have no idea what happens next episode. <laughs> I just super do not remember how they get out of this. Okay. So we'll see. But it would not surprise me if her ankle is fine. <laughs> Faster than it should. Yeah. All right. No, no new predictions. You're just keeping everything the same? Yes. They're going to win and Gigan is going to die. Got it. Yeah, it's possibly going to die. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if I'm fully on that train, but not it would not surprise okay. me. Yeah. 
So you're straddling the line. And if she dies, you'll say, I knew it. And if she doesn't die, you'll say, yeah, I predicted that. No, not quite certain. Because here's the thing. (laughs) It's not a choice that I think they're going to make. But I could see, like, it would, I would understand it if they did. Like, it wouldn't come out of left field. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah. Like, um, all right, well, that's it for this week. And next week is History is Made at Night, which every time I see that title always reminds me of Smash. Uh, Smash! Yes, uh, again, of things that there might not be no overlap with. But if anybody <laughs> ever watched NPC's Smash, which was a bad two-season TV show about Broadway, let us know. Because yeah. that is also one of the things that we have not let go of. <laughs> it's true. I feel like it, it, came, we'll it went off in, like, what, 2012? I think so. We are still involved. Yeah. And we still have not let that shit go. Hopefully it doesn't get copyright claimed because you know NBC is quick on that copyright. But also it's from 2012, so I don't know how closely they're monitoring things. But I'll try and pull some histories made at night. All right. Until next time, (laughs) y'all. Bye.